everybody. Welcome to UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy DeBolsey. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donna. Jim Donna being the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach and the reason you were all tuning in. We appreciate him being on the show with us every week. It means the world to us, and it means a lot to us that you are watching. And if you're watching this, please share it with your friends. That would also mean a lot to us, as do uh, it mean a lot to our sponsors as well. And we got to keep them happy. That keeps the show going. Uh, I was not in town this past Saturday, but Georgia held its first spring practice. So I was just like everybody else. I was reading the dog vent, trying to find out what happened in Georgia's first scrimmage, excuse me, trying to find out what happened in the scrimmage, you know. Who, who stood out, who didn't, you know, most importantly, was anybody hurt? So uh, I was checking the, the board, uh, which is interesting. If you're overseas, you need to have a VPN to, to read the board, but it's not that hard to get a VPN. So thanks to Dog in France and all the people over there who watch our shows. We, we, I know you have to go an extra step, but there was a lot of good stuff that came out of the practice or out of the scrimmage. And I know coach rolls his eyes because we make way too much out of scrimmages and he understands it's an evaluative tool. We look at it as, you know, where are these guys in this uh, uh, race? And we're here to get overexcited about it and coach to actually tell us what the hell is going on. So, uh, Dane, I'm going to go right to you first. Normally I go to coach, but I want you to kind of give us some uh, things that stood out that you heard. And I was looking at your and Anthony Dasher's coverage, and uh, there's some interesting things that popped out. And, of course, Kirby said some stuff. Yeah, so I went to Kirby's news conference as well that day, so it was kind of interesting to see. I, I actually thought he said a lot compared yeah. to what he normally does after scrimmages. Like, to me, it kind of showed some confidence in the team, and you know, a lot of times he uses those media opportunities to try to motivate certain players, and I think you probably saw that with uh, Dumas Johnson and Munden. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But um, just overall, started, like, texting people while I was at the news conference of, like, you know, if you, when you have insights of what happens here, because, you know, you text five, six, seven, eight people, and then you kind of pair together because like certain eyes are on some things and certain eyes are on other things. And you get that. Uh, you just try to find who says the, the thing most consistently. And yeah. the name that I've heard over and over really this spring, but you lose Darnell Washington to the NFL draft and apparently Lawson Lucky. I'm not saying he's the run blocker that Darnell is. I'm not saying that, but Lawson Lucky is going to be a special player for Georgia. And I've heard that from multiple people. Uh, people want to talk about quarterbacks. I think that Kirby is not being coy when he says this is a, kind of an open QB deal and, and three quarterbacks are in this race, um, and it comes down to decision-making. All three of these guys have the skill sets that can lead Georgia to win games, and it's which one makes the fewest mistakes and creates the most opportunities away from those mistakes. If you're asking me personally, you know, this, this is the opinion piece. I, I think it's going to be in Brock Vandergriff, but that's – you know, I've had some people agree with that. I've had some people disagree with that. And I think at this point, no one knows. Uh, but overall, like, I think Georgia on the line of scrimmage, Georgia with linebacker talent, Georgia with really long defensive backs. I, I think the Bulldogs feel really comfortable with where they're at right now. There's a lot of emerging that has to happen. Some injury concerns early on, uh, only two scholarship running backs out there. So they're having to really grasp at straws to, to find bodies and they're doing it. They'll be fine. None of the injuries are long-term, but overall Lawson Lucky is a name that I've heard a lot. Darius Smith is a name that I've heard a lot. Um, and so we'll start with that. If you have further specifics, I can go into it, but people can read the full set of notes on UGA All right, coach, give me your take on it. You've been through, you've coached. I won't, I won't put an age to it, but you've been doing this a long time. You've been to a lot of spring practices. You've been a lot of you've coached these uh, scrimmages inside Sanford Stadium. What is your kind of overall takeaway? What, what what were they doing on Saturday? Well, 
you know, first of all, I don't, I don't have privy to the information that Dane does. He's a general manager and he's got these faculty contacts that go to practice and stuff. I thought it was great that Kirby had the faculty to practice last Thursday and uh, yeah. you know, had a lot of guys over there, but law enforcement I, the day before that, I think it's just really uh, very salient that the, this was the first full speed scrimmage that we've had the ninth actual practice. So it's not like they've been doing this, uh, since the uh, championship game, this is the first time they really put people on the ground. So you're going to have some give and take there. You're going to have some misplays. You're going to have some uh, bad blocking in the open field. A lot of things that can happen, but uh, just a general tenor of uh, listening to Kirby's comments. I thought he, you know, made the comments that a lot of coaches, you know, you worry about the mechanics of the, of the scrimmage as far as getting the plays in and out, which is normal. Uh, You know, you've got a new play caller, you got, three new quarterbacks and you got a lot of uh, transfers uh, and you guys coming in there, they got to get the signal. Uh, and for the fans out there, what does that mean? Well, from an offensive perspective, you got to have the formation, which might be um, hump to trio, right? Which that means like the guy in the backfield is going to line up outside on the, the, uh, as a flanker and no backs and then hump back to the formation to be a regular back for three by one. Uh, so hump to trio right, slide left, uh, Dixie might be the play call. You, know, you never know what it might be, but you got to get all that. And then the quarterback tells the line what to do. When you see the quarterback walking up to the line, he's actually telling them because you don't want those big guys having to worry about the signals. So uh, they, they just listen to what the quarterback tells them. And then you got to – go against our defense, which is probably the most complicated one to go against in the country as far as looking at different things. I mean, you can see a odd front, an even front, a stacked front, a, a lot of stuff. So you put all that together and it's just the first scrimmage. You can't expect, a, you know, uh, uh, putting in a just a beautiful, uh, uh, well-accomplished deal. And the, the whole thing gets down to this. If the offense plays good, you're mad about the defense. If defense plays good, you're mad about the offense. If return a kick, you're you're glad about the return, but you're worried about the coverage. You're going against yourself. So it's a good standard. And the one overriding thing that I think is just really good to mention, it's not like a regular game where you have maybe 60 to 70 plays on offense or defense. You've got 190 to 200 plays Holy crap. because you're letting every team run 60 plays. And then you run in situational deals where uh, I know you get these stats about interceptions and fumbles and all. Well, defense should intercept some passes on third and seven, third and eight. They know what's happening. The quarterback's trying to make a first down. And I think for any quarterback to be any good, you're going to have interceptions. you got to you got to throw the ball in tight windows. And if you're going to do it, practice it in situational type stuff. Now, in a game, it's a little bit different when everything's riding on it. But I'm saying Kirby puts under – just like every coach, you put them under that kind of pressure. They do those 60 plays, then they'll come out and they'll go third down where they'll go third and seven, like three plays, third and five, three plays, and, you know, third and two, three plays. And then the other team will go out there, and then they'll go and put the ball in the red zone and put it on the twenty. Uh, and then if you can take it into the end zone, you keep the ball to that. If you're not, you get off the field. And then at the end, they practice what they call the uh, two-minute offense, which everybody knows. And 
that's where you see how the quarterback handles the mechanics of maybe not getting as much stuff from the sideline where he's just trying to get them up there and get the plays in and out. And it's going to be a really uh, interesting scenario this year from the standpoint if you don't have that added advantage of the clock stopping when you make a first down, you can always count on that. You, you know, the clock stopping until they get the change. That's not going to happen. So you're going to have to have, be a little more frantic. Not, I guess that's not the word. You're going to have to be a lot more organized. Put the juice to it, man. Put the juice <laughs> to me, Brucey. Pump a gallon in me, Alan. You know, whatever it takes. You know, get it going. And, uh, get it going there. And uh, uh, so I think the situational stuff is one thing that, that I always harp on. And I think Kirby does a tremendous job of that because you know what won for you in critical situations last year. And you know what almost got you beat. So you got to work on that and you can cross check that with your players. Look, if we if we'd have done this last year instead of this, we wouldn't have been in that compromising situation. But because you know, and then because we did this, we were able to take advantage of it. So uh that's why you prepare your team. So I don't get too caught up in too much of uh, I think these reports are great and, I, and all that about what happens, but I think what you're trying to do is prepare your team for the game type situations that they're going to see. And um, maybe they didn't cut them loose quite as much last week since it was the first scrimmage as they will this next one. And then the third one on G day will be like board and ice cream, pure vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be vanilla. So uh, it's, it's a, that's a pretty good capsule of it. The other thing, Roddy, I wanted to mention, and you've seen this each of the last two years, but the versatility that certain players can develop, that happens in the spring. So when you see a Jamari Sawyer move positions around, it's not like someday in the fall he just learned a position out of nowhere. Like this is where that stuff takes place. And in terms of that flexibility and versatility, there's two players that I'm looking at that if the wrong things happen injury-wise, they are probably heroes of this team, and you can see the path for it already. Javon Bullard with his cross training, Xavier Truss. I don't think nearly enough people talk about Xavier Truss because if if things go poorly with tackle, it's not a very deep position for Georgia. Truss has experience there, and Georgia may need him for that. Yeah, that's a good point. And Blasky, too. He can play center, guard, tackle. uh, And Wilson can play center and and guard. Uh, A lot of good cross training there by Coach Searles. And – and you mentioned uh, about Lawson Lucky. I mean, I talked about him uh, during the off season yes, uh, when, when we talked about guys that were getting their attention the way they did the mat drills and the conditioning and, uh, you know, just a limited amount of stuff that they can do before practice starts. This guy is a – this guy is a really uh, different type of athlete from the standpoint not as big – wide as Darnell or tall or uh, maybe a little bit bigger than Brock, maybe not quite as fast, but he, he can motor. Uh, from what I understand, he, he went 70 yards against the number one defense on a touchdown pass the other day, caught it for about 20 and ran for 50. And that's hard to do. Uh, uh, he's, you know, I'm a little biased because I coached his dad and his, <laughs> his dad brother, but I'm, I'm, I'm not biased in this. I'll just go out on a limb, but he's as close to a 
can't miss guys we've got here from the freshman group in there. This guy's the real freaking deal. I'm glad you said that, Coach. Uh, and we've got a lot of questions, and there's one question about uh, Brock Bowers. We'll get to those uh, after. And, and he, 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 he is the real freaking deal, <laughs> Brock Bowers. <laughs> the one note that I got when I was uh, out of town uh, from somebody who I trust implicitly when it comes to Georgia news and insider information, the only person he talked about in that whole scrimmage was lost and lucky. He says he's the next Brock Bowers. And I'm like, <laughs> I had to pick my jaw up off the floor. I'm like, well, and this person is not prone to hyperbole, but uh, that's how much this person has been yeah. impressed by loss. I think of it's asking a little bit to say he's Brock Bowers. Yeah, I know, but it's just it's to just, put him in the same sentence, coach, is a yeah, big deal. It's just the skill set that Brock has is just so different being a fast tight end that can play wide receiver and a wide receiver that's tight enough to block and the inside as a tight end. This guy can can do all that, too. He can move around and all that. And, of course, I'm, I don't want to shortchange Delp. I really thought Delp had a great year last year, learned a lot, and he's going to he's gonna be very much in the, in the mix, too. I really like Delp. Um, and it just gives you so much more versatility uh, from your formational calls where uh, if you look at the success that – for example, that in 2019, when uh, LSU won the national championship, one of their real good credos where they were able to was that they were able to not substitute, and with the Clyde Edwards, uh, whatever his last name, like they were that. able to run him out and be a wide receiver and not substitute, and people couldn't put their defense in there, you know. So I think that's what happened with us last year with the, with Bowers and Washington. You know, both of them can move out and flex, and you can run some of the formations you'd run with three ride receivers. And everybody's saying, well, we won't be able to do as much too tight end, says last year. That was what the preliminary deal was. I would say we can do it if we want to, but all of a sudden we got two transfers in here that he didn't bring in here to sit over there and uh, pass out Gatorade on the sideline as wide receiver – or Powerade, excuse me, this Powerade at George Coke product place. Uh, So, uh, love it. I'm I'm fired up about love it and rah-rah, they're going to help us. And, and of course, here's the thing that I I wanted to point out in today's show early is when you bring in new guys, you want them to be able to play, that's for sure. But it kind of puts a little burden – uh, on the other guys that are here to, to say, hey, you know, hey, I'm not, not going to just give you this job. I mean, I put in a lot of work here, and I know what I can do. And a guy that's like that right now, you know, everybody's a given that we're going to, you know, uh, Lad McConkey's going to be there. But Rosemary Jack Saint, I'm just telling you, now, that guy is money. When you throw the ball over the middle of that guy, he's going to catch it. He's going to climb the ladder on the goal line. And he's not going to give away anything, and neither is Dylan Bell. So we got the competition at wide receiver that you like to have as a coach. One of my favorite things about this roster, too, comparing from when Kirby arrived eight years ago, obviously you see the difference in the size of offensive linemen. You see the length in the defensive backs. But compare some of the early tight ends in those days to the current iterations of tight ends, and they're so much more dynamic in the open field. They can do so many yeah. more things. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And can't say enough about 
Todd Hartley. And we got Sperlin here too, who, you know, uh, hurt his, uh, I guess his shoulder uh, is out, but he, he's a very athletic guy that's, you know, very tall. So, uh, but Todd Hartley just on a roll and some of the guys they got visiting at tight end, you know, just look, look so good. And here's what happens. You know, everybody said running back you, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you got the reigning uh, Mackey Award winner. You got a tight end that's going in the first round. You got a guy that's playing a lot of tight end for uh, the Chargers and uh, and that kid that, that came, that transferred here from Miami. That, uh, so I'm major. Yeah, you just got not, not Charlie me. Warner. Uh, you got no, Cager. Charlie Warner. But I'm talking about the guy, Mac, uh, what was his name? McKitty. Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty. Yeah. yeah. You got to keep up with him, manager, man. You got to keep up. Well, I was, I was dropping Lawrence Cager for you as the Cager's receiver turns playing, out in. He's not playing for the Chargers. Though, right? But the point is, we got good, good little uh, deal going there that, that, you know, when a guy comes in there, you can show him the tape. Look, we're going to, who gets the ball to you like we do, you know? And which fans in the country get pissed because the tight end's not getting the ball as much as he think he should? <laughs> that would be me. I thought you brought up a good point about talking about Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint. I remember how high we were on him going in that Florida game where he broke his ankle, making a touchdown catch. And then when he came back, he just seemed to be kind of that blocker guy. And I remember we were doing interviews with him and we asked him about blocking because that just seemed to be when he was on the field is what he was doing. But as you look at that championship run last year, he became more and more and more dependable. And they, we stopped asking him about blocking. We started asking him about catches and touchdowns. And he's yeah. a big boy. And then Dylan Bell's a big kid, that too. That catch he made against Tennessee, I mean, you just don't make those on the oh, goal yeah. line unless you got talent. So I know we're always, we always talk about the quarterbacks and how they fared and all that stuff. But I, I think Kirby Smart made a good point in one of his comments about, you know, we're going to have a good quarterback because we got the pieces around him. We've talked about the tight ends. We've, you mentioned the wide receivers. Now we got the offensive line. Running backs a little bit thin, but you've got some big bruisers back there. So I thought Kirby made some other clips that we should touch on. You want to bring one of those up, Dean? Yeah, let's go. Um, let's start with the quarterback I mean, battle. Before you bring that up, I just want to say this. It's kind of a, a blessing in disguise sometimes when the uh, backs aren't as uh, – healthy and the fact that you, you know, you get a lot of pileups when you run those inside runs and you get guys hurt, you know, uh, in the scrimmage because everybody's wanting to gang tackle and pile. But when you, when you run the ball very sparingly and throw a lot more, it's just easier to, to avoid injury. And I think that's kind of a good deal there for us. A place where there aren't injuries, quarterback, because they don't get hit. Here's what Kirby Smart had to say about the current quarterback battle. Carson has really good command of the offense. He understands it inside and out. He communicates it. He gets things correct. Um, he had a couple poor decisions and choices today. Um, but he also made some plays. He made some really good throws. He's got really good presence in the pocket to move around. Brock made some plays. Um, he made some plays getting out of the pocket. Um, uh, made some good throws. He had a couple um, downfield throws. I, I think he wish he had back. Give us a chance in some 50-50 situations and keep, keep the ball in balance with that. But uh, he did a really good job uh, in two minutes. Um, and uh, then Gunner made some plays. Gunner made some plays with his feet. Uh, he's still like the administration of the offense of getting everybody lined up, getting going, getting the call in, uh, which is not all on him, but uh, he, he's growing. He's growing. Administration of the offense, coach. That's what you talk about. Well, you, just, you, know, you got to 
he had coached that's got a master's degree from University of Georgia, and his mother uh, was a high school teacher, so he's got good command of the English language. But the administration of the offense is something we talked about on the get-go here, getting to play and all that. But you don't want to take away from the quarterback like Gunner because some of these other guys don't know what to do. You gotta, uh, you gotta get them where they know what to do. Focus yourself. But once you get more established, then you can help everybody else. You know what I mean? These other two guys have been around here, and they can get them line do that. As far as you don't want a guy on the formation, and the quarterback doesn't know that. You know he's got to understand that part of it, but. A couple points that I would make here uh, is for our fans. Number one, everybody talks about the mobility of Vandergriff and the arm strength of Beck. I want to give both of them a little uh, kudos here. I think Beck is probably a little more athletic than people realize, and he can move around okay in the pocket, good and a lot better than, say, JT Daniels. And – uh, Vandergriff, even though he's talked about just because he's good, he has got a huge arm. Now. He's got, you know, I used to say, uh, this guy's army. Well, I got a brother named Machine Gun. My name's Tommy Gun. So, uh, you know, he's got a really good arm, and he's got a Tommy Gun. I mean, he can hum it. So, Beck can move. Vandergriff can got the arm. So, there's not that much difference where one's got your edge on one or the other, uh, and both got really good size. So we're in a good situation there. And then, of course, Gunner, I had to watch in both Brock and Gunner in high school and I even went to a game with Brody. They did. Uh, we took Coach Don to see uh, Gunner Stockton over in Jefferson when they played Jefferson, and it was uh, – uh, he didn't have quite the night that he had when I'd go see him in Raven when he scored seven, eight, nine touchdowns in a game that was just uh, off the charts. But yeah, that's that's a kid's a real, real big pickup. I mean, uh, when it comes to the offense, he did, uh, we heard great things about how he did, you know, as the scout team quarterback picking up the different styles of offense, picking up, you know, the uh, iterations. I, th- I know he won a lot of fans. And uh, admirers going into the national championship game, we said, Coach, let the, let the, you know, you can take off my prote- protective black jersey and let me run and let the defense try to tackle me. And I'll pretend to be Max Dugan, you know, Duggan, however it is. And I thought, you know, that, that toughness, we, we've seen that toughness. And it, a lot of people are kind of writing him out of this competition, mainly because, you know, all we hear about is the other two. But, he, you know, Carson Beck's been here, what, three years? You know, it's uh, Brock's been here too. He's only been here one. He is a little bit behind the A ball, but I think Coach made a good point that, you know, he's got the same tools. He just may not have been there. And Kirby Smart was giving him credit, saying, look, you know, he's administrating the offense really well. So I, it, to me, though, I think, Dane, we can say this is a two man race. Maybe I'm saying that because this afternoon, if you stick around for UGA Sports this, this evening about 6 30, Kirby Smart is getting us. Uh, you know, we were, we're, we're going to be able to talk to Carson Beck. We're going to be able to talk to Brock Vandegriff. Normally don't get to talk to guys like that. Uh, so I don't say it's the first time we've been able to speak to guys in a quarterback race, but it's not very often that we get to. I mean, I can tell you in 2020 though, you didn't talk to Stetson Bennett until he played. 
So yeah. it doesn't mean everything. I'm not and saying everything, but it's just a situation where uh, I agree with you. Like I, I think your point's valid. I'm just saying I've covered too much stuff. Like you, you could tell me that someone's not even on the roster yet will find their way to be quarterback, and I'd be like, well, I've seen it before. Yeah, like, well, that happens. Like, so you get uh, having those two guys uh, uh, meet with the press today. It's if one were ahead of the other by leaps and bounds, you probably would only get the one. But we're getting them both. So I think that's an indication that, hey, they, you know, they both get to tell their story. And I don't think that Kirby settled on one as a diehard yet. So anyway, hey, uh, we need to mention some of our friends here real quick. And I'm going to talk about uh, Academia Brewing Company. There's a lot of fun stuff going on in Academia Brewing Company right now. Uh, this Saturday, uh, they're going to have, I mean, it's going to be this Sunday. They're going to have the uh, brunch egg hunts and egg decorating. They're going to have a bunch of... Uh, uh, egg hunts, they start at 11, uh, doors open at 10. There's a bunch of new spring cocktails. You need to try those out. They have their uh, chicken and waffles or a lox bagel. That's new. So a lot of fun stuff going over there for Easter at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, this Thursday, they're having the Atlanta Poker Club. Uh, so come by at 7 o'clock. That's when the cars start flying. It's a special event. They're also going to have a bike night. Uh, so uh, you can swing by there and uh, if you're big in road riding motorcycles, they also have uh, axe throwing with lumberjacks. So it's axe throwing uh, halls and apparel. Uh, Cycle World helps them with the bike night. My point is, there's a ton of events that go on at Academia Brewing Company. This is the these are the folks that have great beers. I had some good beer when I was uh, last week. Uh, I will say I will put up Academia against any of them. So Academia. They make great beer and have great food and they have great events. So check them out when you get a chance. also want to mention our friends at uh, Europi. I tell people it's Tuesday. So jump on the Europi train, order your uh, uh, salads, your sandwiches, your pizzas, your gelato, everything on the Europi app, get double points and they will send you uh, free from our, they'll send you free stuff. Absolutely. But the cool thing is you also, if they know you're active on the app, they'll send you deals like, I got one the other day, one of their giant pizzas, 14-inch cheese pizza, 10 bucks. Can't beat that. It's going to be the best pizza you've ever had, huge, for $10. And it comes to the app, says, hey, you know, here's, here's a deal for you. So be sure to hit up our friends at uh, your pie when you get the chance. So you have your quarterback battle. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. You have a battle at left tackle. We don't know who the left tackle's going to be. That's usually pretty problem, but that's problematic for most football teams. But Kirby Smart sounds pretty pleased with the race between Ernest Green and Austin Blasky. Here he is talking about both of them first uh, about Blasky. Oh, he's a competitor. I, I don't know that there's anybody on the offensive line that, that, that practices as hard and as physical as he does day in and day out. And he, he doubles as a center, too. You know, he goes in and plays uh, center as well. So he's really intelligent, um, he's worked really hard. Uh, he's really good on our loose plays. He can cover down. He's athletic. He does a good job. Ernest is doing a, a really phenomenal job as well. Ernest is Ernest gives us something we didn't have in the last couple of years, you know, in the run game. All right, Coach. When I heard Kirby say that, I knew I had to ask you, what does Ernest Green do in the run game that Georgia hasn't had? Because my untrained eye, I look at Georgia's tackles the last couple of years and thought they've done pretty well in the run game. I mean, he's just a big masher. I mean, he just lines up and mauls you. I mean, he, he's a big physical guy that, uh, you know, his dad played pro football. So, I mean, he, he's he been 
kicking back as a left tackle ever since he came uh, out of the womb so much. I mean, this guy knows how to do it. And uh, I was smart by uh, Kirby and Ron Corson getting his surgery there, you know, where he could still come up for spring practice and everything, you know, you know later in the season. So, uh, uh, you know, occasionally I'll uh, be over there to get some treatment. I'll, I'll run into some players and uh, – uh, this guy has the uh, attention of a lot of our players. When you ask them about, you know, who's some guys, you know, I mean, just kind of just chit chat. And I don't try to ask him too much, but Ernest Green's a get, name that gets brought up. And, you know, the thing about Blatsky that I like, Kirby was talking about, you know, kind of like Erickson. Erickson could play guard and center and w- a great team guy. And, you know, Blatsky will be a guy they use on – on the punt team because he's so smart. You know, there's a guy back there on the on the uh, the wedge that they have back there. You know, you had Jamari Salyer back there making the calls. You know where where you you know where the overload was and all. And they got Blasky. Uh, I noticed uh, uh, the one day I was over there for a little bit. He, he's doing some stuff on the punt uh, back there because he's smart. So you got uh, a vet- veteran guy who's trying to fight off a young guy who you know, has a little edge size wise, but, uh, it's a good competition. So, uh, I think we got several good young freshman linemen coming in too. And we got that Freeling guy who's already here, but, uh, don't sleep on Micah Morris or, or Jared Wilson, uh, the kid from North Carolina, good looking kid that can, can move around. Uh, just, we got some, which I like when the twos go out there, you can quarterback's got a chance to raise his arm. You know, he got a chance to do some things. So, uh, and sometimes you get a little bit, people say, well, the pass protection, not that great because they had so many sacks, but you know, the thing that happens in the practice here, the coach coach has the whistle out there and he's going to blow it. And it might be a sack, but the quarterback might could have run too, but it doesn't matter. It puts the pressure on the lineman to not let anybody touch him, you know, so it makes your protection that much better. So uh, you, you you don't see as much of that in the regular practices. They let the quarterback continue to go because you want to see the ball launch down the field so the defensive backs can see the ball in the air. Well, and Roddy, one thing I wanted to point out too with the tackles, because the question I get is, why is Amarius Mims not a left tackle? And quite frankly, the answer that I've heard from people that know more than me, they say he doesn't drop back to his left as well as he does his right. So he's going to be a better right tackle than he is a left tackle. Put him in the spot where he can be the best. Hey, Kyle B actually asked that exact question. Kyle B says, why doesn't Marius, I'm sure he means Amarius, move to left tackle? Isn't that where you put your best lineman and uh, where's Dylan Fairchild? I was really excited about his signing. So, yeah, that's one of the questions we have today is why Why isn't Amarius Mims? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to you, – you don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul here. I mean, you got to establish left tackle, and you got two guys that have been playing left tackle. But if he's dis- decidedly better, as the questioner asked, then you would put him over there. Maybe he doesn't set as good to his left. But, you know, he's just coming into his own as a right tackle and uh, – He's a human wrecking ball over there with his size and leverage. Uh, Fairchild is the guy that's been around here. He's a wrestler. He's, he's competitive. I, I should have mentioned his name when I mentioned those other guys. He's another guy that just comes out there every day and uh, does what he's supposed to. So uh, we got some good good guys in there. Drew Bobo's had surgery. He's, he's a very athletic center 
that's getting some reps in there too. So uh, O-line is not a real concern of mine right now. I mean, depth's always a concern, but, uh, you know, I got other areas that I would maybe wouldn't sleep as good about if I was a head coach, but I'm not going to tell you what those are right now. But they, <laughs> Come uh, on! I know him. He's going to say kicker. He always worries about the kicker. It doesn't matter who the kicker is or what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, what a kicker question. You got a guy on your guy like Pod, you lose Pod, you know, and then last year we lost uh, Jake Camarda. And, but this uh, guy comes in from Australia and, man, he just, the rest of his life, he can say, well, what was one of the biggest plays of your life? Well, I kicked 177 yards against Tennessee when the bat was playing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, Zirkle's got some ability, and this new guy coming in certainly has got some long kicks that he's made. So it'll be good competition there. And uh, I'm excited about Lovett returning kicks. I mean, he, he's really quick. And, you know, you got McConkie, but uh, maybe it would limit McConkie's uh, getting hit as much, you know what I mean, and with his leg and maybe focus more. But uh, Lovett's really – really quick and uh, very competitive too. So uh, final, clip, final clip I want to play from Kirby because I've heard coaches say this, that they enjoy spring football because you get to coach. And a lot of times when you get into fall, it's not that you don't coach, but you're so worried about game plans and doing the next thing. You don't get to do as much individual player training and that style of coaching. And here's Kirby Smart kind of illustrating what coaching looked like when uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson and Smile Munden weren't giving quite the effort on reps that he needed them to. And they go out to spring ball, and, you know, there was a point in time there where I felt like I needed to call them in because I, I don't know if they were practicing with the same ferocity that they would have been practicing with like they were last year. And I showed them some clips. I said, okay, here's last spring or last fall camp, and this is the way you were practicing because you, 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 you had something to prove. And now here's the first four practices of this spring. Is that the same two guys? And I think they both acknowledged that it probably wasn't and it needed to be. Now, he did say that after that conversation, great practices since then from both of those guys. Yeah, and that's part of being a head coach is getting the best out of every guy. Success for some people is just being a starter. Success for others is being a great player at that starting position. And if you just look back to the M.O. of both of them, they're replacing three draftable guys and they they're trying to beat out a guy that subsequently has transferred to uh, Alabama which they did and they had some other guys behind them and uh, they were fighting for that number one position now all of a sudden you're the you're the starter everybody's behind you is kind of a new guy that doesn't know the system so you probably could think you could cruise but there there's not many people get a chance to cruise out here with this guy I mean he's gonna keep it keep the hammer down that's for sure I thought that was a great clip, and I, I retweeted it after you put it out there. Said, so you want to know why Kirby's, you know, won two national titles? Here are two guys that most people think are, you know, maybe all SEC caliber inside linebackers, Hell, maybe all American. Uh, we were talking about Dumas Johnson as a true freshman and the viral clips of him making interceptions. We knew about Smile Mondin coming up and how big he was going to be. They lead you to 15-0. And Kirby Smart takes him into his office and goes, look, you guys aren't giving me the same effort you gave last year when, as Coach said, you were fighting for the job. That That's – we – I hate Coach speak. Love you, Coach, but I hate what sounds like a cliche, but I'll give Kirby Smart credit when he says the standard is the standard. Well, he holds 
two of his team leaders to the standard that, you know, he, I don't know. I mean, he, he worked them up. He made them admit that they weren't giving the efforts that he thought they could. Well, it's the juxtaposition too, Roddy. If you remember in fall, Smile Munden got the call out for being, I think Kirby said, one of the most athletic players he's ever coached before. Yeah. And so all the tools are there. It's just, what do you bring in daily? Yeah, he knows what you're capable of, and he wants you to be at that capability. But don't forget, in the fall, he'll do it too. Holly, Keely Ringo before Tennessee. Yeah, I'll got to chew his ass up. Yeah. That was a good viral clip too. I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of chewing, I want you to chew on our friends over at Prime Shrimp. Try their um, the shrimp they make. It's flavored. It is vacuum sealed. It is uh, beheaded. <laughs> the heads are removed. The shell is removed. Uh, it's phenomenal shrimp. You get it sent directly to your home. It comes in these cool little packets there. You'll see them on your screen if you're uh, watching the show. If you're listening to it, just imagine some the most sucking-looking shrimp you've ever seen in your life. And you take it and you put it in your freezer, okay? Take it out of your freezer when you want some great shrimp. Drop it into a boiling pot of water. Anywhere four, six, eight minutes, it'll tell you on the box, depending on the flavor you get and what you're doing. And then let it cool. Cut open the bag. And it'll be the best damn shrimp you've ever had in your life. Use promo code UGA Sports to get 20% off your first order. You're going to love the uh, uh, Louisiana boiled Cajun shrimp, the New Orleans style barbecue, the French Quarter Alfredo. This is a New Orleans company. They make the gear that uh, processes uh, seafood. They sell these giant uh, machines and such to other companies that do the same thing. But they do have this nice retail outlet here where you can try all of this fantastic shrimp. And they're from New Orleans. They know. The shrimp better be good or it will, you know, people won't like it. So uh, they keep a high standard. Check them out. I'm sure you'll like it. I uh, also want to mention our friends at Athens Ford. They've been a huge sponsor of our show for a long time. We told you about how the, the numbers are climbing on their inventory. They're now over 400 cars. Remember the, the doldrums of uh, COVID? They were down to like 150, something like which is still way more than anybody else had, but they're, uh, spring you might be looking for a new ride their level of inventory is unmatched so check out our friends at uh athens ford you'll be very glad you did they take good care of us and we hope and we know they'll take good care of you and we hope that you will take good care of them when you get the chance i just like the maintenance department they have over there because like my strategy on vehicles is i just don't buy them frequently because i'd rather fix what i have uh just money wise uh, that just makes more sense to me and uh, man, not only like you can do work over there, you can get a great uh, service done on your car and it's done quickly. So that's what I like about it. Man, they got mine running good. And, you know, I've tossed the, the UGA Sports staff into my Explorer and driven. I put miles on it. I put miles on it. That thing still feels like the day I bought it. So I appreciate it. Let's uh, get to some questions for Coach Don in here. We're going to wrap here right at one o'clock. The first one, Coach, I, I don't have context for this. So you're going to have to lead me here. Uh, this is from PA Dog. What was Coach Donovan's favorite memory of coaching Michael Payton at Marshall University? Well, Michael Payton, rest in peace, uh, passed away about three years ago. He got in the College Football Hall of Fame before he did it. Uh, he, he was an outstanding quarterback for me. Uh, I guess the uh, win over Youngstown State for the national championship, just uh, good clutch performance by Michael and a uh, uh, good player for me. 
Uh, let's go to DB Dog Seven. Which former dog does Coach Donnan see finishing the highest this week at the Masters? You hear the birds chirping behind me. I'm not that far from Augusta. I don't know. I tell you, it's wide open. All this stuff about these live players playing, and of course, you know we got uh, Bubba Watson on that tour now. But uh, Kirk's been playing good. I hope it. You know, and you always kids always plays good because it's close to his hometown. Uh, uh, just the way Scotty Shepherd's playing, though, I just it's gonna be hard for anybody to beat him. From Hydrant Chaser, who wins in a forty-yard dash, Jim Donnan or Roddy Nabolsi? No, coach will smoke my ass. This guy plays tennis every day. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not real quick anymore. But uh, I'm not slow. Probably beat me in a weightlifting contest, but I might be able to get him on a race. But uh, yeah, he'd give you other race, no question. All right. Uh, let's see. Dog KC says, I get the impression Oscar Delp, Oscar Delp is doing really, really well, but is Lawson lucky George's best tight, second best tight end by mid season. I don't know that you can make that comparison yet because you don't know what the philosophy is going to be. Uh, because with the influx of new receivers, we might be, have a tendency to run three wides more than we do two tights. So uh, lucky's behind the eight ball a little bit on just having, hadn't uh, practiced near as much as Oscar has, but uh, they're both very talented and uh, we'll see among the, the special teams and all the things they can do. They, they're both get enormous amount of playing time. Uh, he also asked all KC hypothetically, if Georgia had two running backs go down during the regular season, is Dylan Bell the kind of guy that could be a hybrid receiver uh, running back? Just that having that option at times, I'm wondering uh, if there's someone on the team that if someone didn't assume as a passing down could be thrown in there as a good third down running back. I think it'd be harder for him to do it than say a Bowers because Bowers is involved in a protection as a tight end where, you know, he's lined up as a right outside the tackle and sometime in the backfield. And so he might have the second guy coming off the edge. He already understands the nuances of pass protection and he's used to carrying the ball a lot. And with these, even though he doesn't do it in the games much, but he, he does run the jet sweep and things like that and reverses. So, uh, and at one point last year when we did have a couple injuries, I know Coach McGee and Coach Hartley and Coach Munkin and Coach Smart had him back there, just kind of an insurance situation. So I would think Brock would be the first guy they'd use in that. But Bell certainly has the uh, makeup physically. I mean, we've talked about him when typecasting, we're saying he's like a wide receiver out there with his size, but uh, the guy's got explosive power going up for the ball, though. He can go up and with uh, really strong hands, and he's tremendous on the fade and the uh, the uh, back shoulder. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a weapon. Are we to assume that Bear Alexander will get the, the goal line carries as the defensive lineman that we've seen the last year as Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter? Bear in there last year, uh, I don't know who the – extra guy would be uh, certainly he he's got that ability stackhouse you know ran the hundred in high school uh, he's got quickness too but uh i don't know how much we'll use that uh, but that that's a good question and they used to they flexed out blasky as the extra tight end in that scenario too so then yeah 
yeah. happens if he's on the line is someone else down the roster getting that spot. They put Blasky at fullback. He can do everything else. Might as well toss him in there. <laughs> you just, just like those wrestler guys. Like you, you're gonna have Fairchild in there. I want to see Dylan Fairchild and Austin Blasky go for the heavyweight title at Georgia. <laughs> that that hey, that's your G Day uh, post game celebration right there. How about Snoop Dogg jumping in the ring and throwing a fake punch at that guy at that world wrestling thing? That was unbelievable. Uh, I you, when I was in college, I used to work over at the wrestling, pick up a little money, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. But just listening to those guys talk about who was going to win and everything there in the locker room was kind of funny. But, <laughs> yeah, I, stopped, uh, I stopped watching when Jerry Lawler was out. I, I take that back. <laughs> gorgeous, uh, remember gorgeous george gorgeous george baby absolutely gorgeous george man he was down there my That's grandmother cool. used to call me rowdy rodney for rowdy roddy piper oh, oh, yeah, bagpipes. so she started calling me rowdy and i'm yeah, like you don't even watch wrestling you haven't watched this gorgeous george was out there lady but she's a, a lot it cracked me up Question from Billy Zane. He says, Kirby Smart's proven that if you play defense at Georgia, you don't have to fill up the stat sheet with 15 sacks, eight interceptions to be a first-round pick. Do you think that that can or will translate to offense? Will we see unicorns like Darnell Washington get drafted without the big offensive numbers, even though a guy like Bowers will have big offensive numbers? Long-winded question to say, I'm wondering if NFL teams will value Georgia's offensive school guys more, maybe the way that they have defensive players. Good question. I don't know that you, that they would look at as much the philosophy of a team as the, the characteristics of the player. Darnell's going to get called up in the uh, the first round because there's 32 players got to get picked and they're not all tight ends. So there's two tight ends that are rated ahead of him: the guy from Utah, Ken Cade, and the guy from Notre Dame, Meyer. So they're both so. If they take three tight ends in the first round, he's going to go first round. But just because he doesn't go first round doesn't mean he's not that capable. He's a first round grade, that's for sure. But people got to get offensive linemen. They got to get, you know, defensive ends. I mean, and obviously they're talking about three of the first five now might be quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson, they're talking about him being the third quarterback now over Levis, which, you know, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's going to be a lot of he in and she in between now and the draft, but Darnell has certainly improved his draft stock with the way he worked out and the way, uh, you know, he's handled himself. And the other thing that is invaluable that I think as a coach, uh, when I would be interviewing a player, if he was a pro guy is his knowledge of the game and, what he learns here at Georgia, not so much about offense, but defensive structures. When you're in practice and you're having to go against these different looks and these different coverages and these uh, different linebacker plugs and all that, that maybe some teams don't utilize that, you know, say run just a basic defense all the time. Well, that's a great carryover for you. And conversely, if you're a defensive player and you already know all this stuff, like a Chris Smith or, uh, Keely Ringo, that helps you when you're going into that room talking to the secondary or the defensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like that that's something I can maybe add on the show is the fact that these these coaches here, the systems that we employ, and the special teams that they're that they make these kids play as better players is another way to make a team. If it's between you and another running back. Uh, 
you know, uh, Cook had a great shot there. All uh, uh, White was uh, blocked the field goal, blocked the punt, uh, was on a, one of the blockers on the punt return, you know. So there's a lot of things you can do uh, here that enable you to be a pro player besides what this man just uh, brought out very good. That was true. From a stat standpoint, I'll I'll tell you this. When you look at the stats that the guys accumulate, the the scouts aren't looking at that. They're looking at what can you do when you're here. It's all about potential going forward. And as Coach says, you know, when they – the knowledge they have, you know, they're not saying, oh, you didn't score a lot of touchdowns when you were at San Diego State. I don't care. It's like what, you know – that's a good point, but they do like the fact that that guy from Utah caught 16 passes in one game. I mean, good Lord. I mean, that's pretty impressive. 16 in one game, and then he had a great game against Ohio State in the Orange in the uh, Rose Bowl last year. And then, you know, he missed the draft uh, combine because he had some kind of minor surgery on his back. But uh, he, he's probably going to go ahead of Meyer probably, uh, and then – but somebody might just jump up and say, look, we can't turn down to getting another offensive tackle to play tight end. I mean, that's what Darnell can play. And that's not typecasting there. He, he's more of a pass catcher than he is a blocker, but there's not anybody can block like it. Nobody out there picked that sled up and drove it like he did in the, in the <laughs> combine. Looked like he's going to mash it into the turf there. I mean, everybody started oohing and on while they were in there. They're like, damn. Uh, let's sneak in the last sponsor break, Roddy, and then we'll uh, finish up with questions. All right, I'm going to mention our friends over at Dead Soxy. Uh, folks, if you want good socks and you're going to be dressing up for Easter, you're going to uh, – it's going to be hot before long and you don't want to have sweaty feet. You want to have comfortable socks. You don't want to have that uh, interior uh, seam that runs across the top of your toes and annoys the hell out of you. Try Dead Soxy. They're not going to fall down. They're, they have the True State technology so they don't slide down your leg. They're incredibly comfortable. You're going to be happy even if you have to dress up for, you know, work throughout the summer. And then, of course, you know, they come in all different styles, all different sizes. Uh, they, they look really good. Uh, these guys are actually working with a bunch of different NIL groups. So I know they've already started one NIL deal with Ole Miss because that's where they started out. But they're looking to do it in other schools as well. These are huge college football fans, and they have a ton of red and black socks that you need to check out. So, uh, go to Dead Soxy, click on the team colorways, hit on the red and black, and you'll actually see some fantastic socks. Try them out when you get a chance. You'll uh, absolutely love it. I'd also want to mention uh, MyPerfectFranchise.net. This is Andy Ludecki. He is a, he's a Texas fan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, point being, this is a guy who wants to help you get your own franchise. If you want to make more money, you want more uh, you know, income, more wealth. I mean, you can make money working for somebody else, but if you want true wealth, you need to be working for yourself. So, uh, but maybe you're not ready to jump in with both feet. Maybe you just want to start learning about it. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, <laughs> a 72-hour plan. Whatever you, whatever you're thinking, Andy can help you out with it. It is free. So reach out to Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. You can call him. You can text him. You can email him. You can send him a smoke signal. He will respond and he will help you free of charge. It's the biggest no-brainer. There's 3,000 different options out there. He will help guide you to the one that fits your lifestyle and fits your goals. So hit up Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. 
Uh, Phil Rogers asked Roddy, how was your trip? Uh, Phil, I cannot confirm, but my suspicion is that Roddy met with uh, German football recruits to see where their head was. And I don't know if stories will be coming from that. Uh, looking for a kicker, man. <laughs> looking for a kicker. It's funny, though. The first magazine I picked up was a uh, uh, German magazine, and the kids were playing American football on the cover. So I'm just telling you. The game is growing is what you're saying. Uh, how was your trip? Phil wants to know. Uh, fantastic. Uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Nabulsi. Uh, she was asked to speak at a conference there at the University of Hamburg. I'd never been to Germany. It was a wonderful time. I appreciate being the arm candy that gets to ride with her to her lecture and, uh, you know, sit there and look pretty at all the dinners. So I did a good job. She's uh, lovely. Uh, and she's like smarter than you. So it, uh, well, She graduated in three years with honors from uh, Rome. I mean, from Barry College, and then got two degrees at UGA, and you know, they flew her across the world to give a lecture. So there you go. It was a great trip. A uh, question from B Tuck 2013, Coach: Can I sit with you at the next Georgia tennis match? <laughs> Is it a man or a woman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, what did he say? Just wants to know if they can sit with you at the tennis match. If you see coach at a tennis match, say hello, but then probably yeah, hey, along just, and, and don't talk to me. I'm too caught up in that stuff. I mean, I'm <laughs> glad to. Hey, that's good. <laughs> don't don't bug me. No, I mean uh, I don't mean that. I'd be glad to I talk to you, but I, I I come across the wrong way. I'm I'm intent watching the match, though. I mean, hey, how about those dogs? Though we're eight zero. The best anybody beside us has lost two. We got a tough weekend going to South Carolina and then also to uh, Florida, but uh, we've already beaten South Carolina uh, in an indoor match, so uh, gonna be gonna be interesting. But uh, we're kind of sitting on the, you know, on the premises of winning the regular season. So, and we're really starting to peak too. I mean, uh, we've got some really good young players, and and our older players are playing good, and then we've got one of the top recruiting classes in the country coming in too. So. Tennis looks good. Women's tennis is right there, too. Both of them ranked in the top seven in the country. All right. EB1 says, Coach, do you have a sleeper offensively and defensively for the incoming freshman 2023 class? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about Lawson Lucky. is. Uh, I guess you can't call him a sleeper now, but uh, he, he's a guy that gets my attention pretty quick. And then on defense, I think uh, – Raylan Wilson, number five, uh, just uh, neither one of these guys are sleepers. They're just players, but they're, they're guys that certainly after you watch this show, you can go over to Dairy Queen and get you a chocolate milkshake. Uh, Night Dog says, will Zirkle put the clamps on the kicker job or will Peyton Woodring have a shot? He says, field goal kicker, kickoff specialist, and also potential holder, question mark? Yeah, I think both those guys are going to have a competitive situation there in the fall, uh, kind of like Podlesny and Zirkle did two years ago, uh, well, I guess three years ago. So uh, we'll see. You know, Zirkle's been around here, and uh, I think they, they've been using Beck and, uh, you know, Thorson can hold too. So uh, we'll we'll have a good good competitive deal. I'm glad we got Watson coming in here. Bulldog Ben, is the quarterback battle closer than Coach expected? Also, which running back do you think leads the team in rushing this season? I think Milton's going to lead the team in rushing. Uh, certainly Edwards will be there too. Uh, you know, you expect a good court quarterback 
battle when you have a when you don't have a starter coming back. I mean, if you got any kind of program, you're gonna have good players waiting in the wings, and and uh, it's it's a better situation when a guy has to win the job like that instead of if he just steps in with nobody behind him. So whoever the quarterback's going to be, he's going to have a tremendous supporting cast, and uh, they will have earned it based on their play, not potential based on performance. Two more questions, and we're wrapping. Savannah Doggett says, even though he won't arrive until the summer, do you think Troy Bowles will play this year? Yeah, I think he'll play maybe not a lot at linebacker, but uh, certainly special teams. Uh, he, he's a very gifted player and certainly smart. Uh, you know, comes from a really good high school. And of course, his dad, pro coach, he knows football. He'll play. Final question. How does Coach Donna compare Brock Bowers and Keith Jackson? Keith Jackson was the best player I ever coached outside of Georgia. Uh, Champ Bailey was the best player I ever coached anywhere. Uh, uh, I think Brock's in that, certainly in that category. I haven't seen Brock play the cello, which Keith could do, uh, (laughs) which, you know, you don't find many guys his size. Or I haven't seen Brock dunk a basketball and play basketball like Keith. Very proud of Keith. He's got that nonprofit organization there in Little Rock where he helps uh, underprivileged kids, and they've raised millions of dollars. And he's done a lot for the state of Arkansas and uh, just a tremendous contributor to, to mankind. And uh, Brock will do the same thing, uh, two special players and special people. Absolutely. Coach, we know you need to go. We appreciate it. Can't tell you how much. Yeah. Hey, the only reason I'm going is I'm trying to help the dogs today. That's my, my yeah, I know. Hopefully we'll have some good news from you here for next week's yeah. show. I'm trying to help the dogs. <laughs> All right. We'll see you there. And uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. I want to say one last thing here. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go to the families of uh, Dave Van Hallinger, who passed away. He was a Georgia's uh, Hall of Fame strength coach. This was a guy who was very kind to me when I was a young reporter on the beat. Uh, always very friendly. Uh, what you know, you could always rely on him to have a big smile. And I can tell you when uh, he passed away, that made a lot of people very sad. Uh, there will be a lot of former Georgia players that go to uh, his uh, celebration of life because they he meant a lot to the Georgia program. Uh, he did he did wonders while he was at UGA. Very well. Never met anybody that had a bad word to say about Dave Van Alger. So uh, we give our prayers to his family. Also, uh, want to shout out to all of our sponsors. We appreciate them for being here. We appreciate all of you for being here. We appreciate all the people that ask questions. We have a lot more we will be talking about next week, next Tuesday at noon, because George's going to have another scrimmage. And as Coach said, uh, maybe the uh, they let them ramp it up a little bit more in the upcoming scrimmage. So uh, hopefully we can get Dane to uh, put the screws to people like he did this past weekend, and we'll get some insider information uh, that you can get at ugasports.com. Anyway, we will see you next Tuesday. Take care.